From Research by Potomac and the Conquer Risk Podcast, this is Who Charted. Welcome to Who Charted. My name is Manish Kata, and with me I have Dan Russo. Lots of things going on in the market, so six charts in six minutes. Let's hit it. All right, first chart up. Uh, Market was under a little bit of pressure last week, so what I always like to do is pay attention to what held up the best. And if we think big picture, one of the broadest, across the broadest areas of the market, the NASDAQ Composite Index was uh, actually held up the best relative to things like the S&P 500 and even, you know, small caps, the Russell 2000 or the small cap 600. Here's a chart of the NASDAQ Composite uh, hugging the rising 50-day moving average and actually on the verge of trading to a new all-time high. Now, momentum has not fully broken down here. Uh, if we're looking at the RSI, uh, holding within a bullish regime, didn't get overbought here. As the as the index is trading towards record levels, we'd love to see some confirmation from momentum if the NASDAQ did break to a new all-time high, but still in a bullish regime, momentum still very much to the upside uh, from an intermediate time frame. And check the look relative to the S&P 500. Nice bounce off support, the green rectangle there at the bottom of the screen, and now testing near-term resistance. So the stage could be set if we get above that resistance level uh, for the NASDAQ to reassert outperformance on a relative basis. All right, I have a chart that we had a couple weeks ago for spot lumber and gold versus the S&P. The thought process being uh, that this is a precursor for volatility when this ratio declines. As you can see, prior to 2020, you had that decline, but the market continued to rally in spite of that. Uh, It was uh, a leading indicator by a couple years at least. And um, now let's fast forward to today. Uh, lumber has fallen off a cliff after uh, rallying to new highs. And so is this a precursor to uh, more volatility or a decline in the S&P? We'll see. We look at intermarket relationships all the time. This is something that has caught our attention in addition to copper. We're just going to have to let these things play out. But this is interesting that lumber has totally fallen off a cliff here. And and we're going to have to see what happens. It is really interesting, number one. And number two, talking about letting things play out. Uh, when we think about intermarket relationships, I think a lot of people think about fixed income. They think about commodities, like the charts that you were just showing. Uh, not as many people pay attention to what the dollar's doing. And the dollar here, in the near term, I kind of sped things up a little bit, put a uh, 10-day moving average on the U.S. dollar index. And you can see near term, uh, the trend has certainly shifted to the upside. More intermediate term, there's still a lot of work to do. So as we're letting things play out, within the commodity complex as a precursor for potential volatility going forward, I think you need to pay attention to the dollar index. We write about it at least weekly uh, in the notes that we're putting out. You can see that peak in the March-April timeframe of this year. I think if the dollar index is above that peak, you're probably looking at more volatility uh, within the commodity markets and therefore more volatility within the equity markets. Be interesting to see how it plays out here as it approaches that March-April peak, considering the RSI, that is 14-period RSI, is now overbought. So how does the dollar handle overbought conditions? Does it ignore them and continue to go higher? If that's the case, you probably continue to see a breakdown in those commodity relationships and therefore volatility. If we start to fade and just kind of stay within that bigger picture range, uh, probably more of the same going forward. I love breath. It's going to be in every show, possibly. And so another way to look at breadth is the percentage of stocks above uh, moving averages. So what we have here is the percentage of stocks on the S&P 500 above its 20-day on the top and 50-day on the bottom. 
Now, these have also fallen off a cliff. And a lot of times when they decline this quickly, it's actually more of a, an oversold indicator than anything. They've been hovering around, you know, the high 70s for quite some time on both of them. So, you know, there's some internal breakdown, especially on the short term, long term still points to uptrends, still points to a bullish uptrend, uh, but it's starting to get a little choppy and this points to some internal deterioration. Now the question is, does the 20 and 50 days start to bleed over uh, into uh, longer term uh, averages? And that that's where you'll see markets roll over if that's the case, but we need more time. A lot of more time. Speaking of uh, more time, uh, growth versus value, a lot of people like to debate that. It's very bifurcating from a factor standpoint within the market. People either like growth or they like value, or there doesn't tend to be anything in between. So, um, well, here's your inflection point in the growth versus value relationship. Uh, growth versus value, nice rally here in the near term, takes out the 50-day moving average in red, now approaching the 200-day moving average in green. Uh, and at the same time, RSI of the ratio becoming overbought or getting very close to overbought conditions. So kind of a similar dynamic to the dollar. How do we react to these overbought conditions? So we ignore them, plow right through the 200 day moving average. If that's the case, that's probably in an environment where those commodities keep breaking down. That's probably in an environment where the NASDAQ is continuing to work higher. Um, however, I think it remains to be seen, right? More time, giving these things some time to play out. This is the one that we're watching very closely though, because I think that it could be the relationship or the theme within the market that catches the most people off sides. Uh, right now, growth value uh, very much in the range. Okay, speaking about oversold, one of the systems that we use is a, a Bollinger Band system, which uh, it takes a five period uh, time frame as well as one standard deviation. And historically, it's been a really good short-term indicator showing us oversold conditions. When the S&P 500 or Dow or whatever you want to use is on the lower end of the Bollinger Band and the actual index is above its 200-day moving average, it usually points to a rally, uh, at least in the short term. And so this kind of is showing what the, the breadth chart earlier showed, where at least in the short term, we're pretty oversold. We're going to have to see how things play out. Will the market market catch a bid like the past, you know, five or ten mini declines uh, have uh, have done so? We will see. But in the short term, it looks like we will probably do for a bounce here. Um, and so that's all we got. Thank you, everyone, for the time today. Uh, six charts and maybe five minutes this time. Uh, smash that like button. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We just crossed a thousand which I don't know if it's good, but it's good for us. And uh, keep on watching. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everyone. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.